Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. Okay, so the first monumental website mistake, not developed with brand in mind. And as we mentioned, your website is a primary tool people are using for vetting you in this Google-led world, right? So it proves that you exist. It proves that you're somewhat legit. You don't necessarily need to close the sale here, but you do need to hook them enough that they contact you, which means your site has to be representative of a brand and has to be definitively answer three critical big brand questions. And I talk about this all the time. And those three questions are, who am I? Why am I different? And why do you want me? And in doing this, there's certain things that you need to create. And April has done a lot of work for this on, on in our business. So I was going to let her jump in and, and, and talk about what's really super critical as you're thinking about your brand in order to develop your website. Yeah. So um, the creative side of things tends to be where I really lean in. And it was no different with uh, our website or with any of the website projects we do, quite frankly. Um, so once you answer those three big brand questions, which ultimately position you in the marketplace, the next thing you need to do is create a a visual and verbal toolkit that then allows you to look and speak the way that you want your brand represented. We really like to start with a mood board. Um, and those of you that are in the industry, you know what that is. But really, it can just be some semblance of pictures put together on a page that inspire you, whether it be feeling or color or, or just overall look. And after you do that, you can hire someone to design that toolkit for you. And that would be inclusive of visually things like a logo, a color palette, some fonts, photography choices, iconography that might help explain your services. All of those things build into the visual tool. And then from a verbal standpoint, it's really about establishing your brand character. So if you think about yourself as a person, how how do you want to come across? And then how are you going to speak as a result of that? So this is included in things like tone of voice principles where you say, I'm going to come through as sunshiny and happy, or I'm going to be very approachable, or I want to be very inclusive. All of these things start to set the parameter for you or anyone else that's going to write against your brand. And so these things work together to ladder back to those questions that Ann mentioned and kind of your overall feeling and message as a brand. And I think really what's key there is the consistency part, right, April? Like it's the thing that kind of holds your website together through the multiple pages as well as um, through all the multiple communications channels. So it all feels very holistic, right? Yeah, and that's that's really important, right? You want to make sure that you're authentic first and consistent second. And so you want to be able to own anything that you put out there and then make sure that people can start to understand what to expect from you, which then builds to that relationship. And your website's really no different than any other point of communication. As Anne said, this is where people are going to vet that you're, yes, want a business, but also get a sense of who you are and what you do. And so all those components have to ladder up to a bigger brand message overall that is consistently communicated. Which is why I think it's so important that your about page is really spot on, right? Because that's your why. And right now, so many people are making decisions based on people's whys. Because honestly, there's lots of people putting out lots of really good products and services. So even being the best is just a price of entry, but it's the why. Why are you here? What's your purpose? How are you going to deliver something to me that's emotionally connecting to why I want to choose you You know, now and continue to choose you? 
Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think um, to just remember that less is more in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll get into kind of more details about what you need to put on your website and how to do that. But I would just say be as concise as you possibly can, because to Anne's point, the quicker you can communicate that message and people get it, the quicker you're going to have turnaround for them to reach out and want to work with you. Mm. Those are good points. So the second monumental website mistake is that your website is low quality. Now, that doesn't mean you have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars for a premium website, especially not to start. So you could be frugal, but still be high quality. And this is where you need to be like really choiceful in what you invest in, right? Because if you are selling a product, you probably want to invest in really good imagery of your product. Or if you're selling a service, you want to probably invest in maybe some really good high quality video or examples or, ta- or, or case studies um, of what you do and what you provide. But you may not need to, like, if you're doing a service, you may not need like the high quality photographs necessarily. So there could be a balance there. You have to really choose what is important in order to convey your brand and make sure that that is coming through. And really, 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 there's really no excuse for bad grammar, you know, bad punctuation, bad sentence structure. If, if English is your second language or you're just frankly like English is not your best subject, which is totally fine. I'm an engineer. It was not mine. Um, have somebody copyright. Have somebody review it. Um, have somebody look at it. I mean, you have to, have to, have to get all these things exactly right. Again, it doesn't mean it has to be super expensive. You have to start with the 20-page WordPress website, but it does still require it to be high quality. All right. So, the third monumental website mistake is that you overinvest, which just kind of alludes to the point I was just talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we can tell you stories all day about people spending way too much time putting a website together before they even have a proven concept or even a brand for that matter. Um, so if you don't have your brand, please go back to number one and start there. Uh, but here, number three, we really want to talk about what you really need from a page standpoint, really specifically. And in our mind, it's anywhere from three to five pages. Anne already covered how important that About Us page is. That's where you introduce yourself and you talk about who you are. Then you want to have something against your products and services, so your credibility that you can actually do what you're saying you can do, outlining what you actually do associated with those products and services, and then some sort of promotional page, which for us, it's our blog, uh, but it can also be in the news or awards you've received or a deeper look at some of the work that you've done in the past. All of those things are fine, but you definitely don't need all of them to start. So we recommend just picking one that's really kind of your flagship or the one you would hang your hat on and moving forward with that. And then finally, a contact us page. You can go to our site, which is forthright-people.com and see that we have followed pretty specific this outline. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback that this is really all people need um, in order to say, okay, yep, check, check the box. They're a credible business. And they also have what I need, hopefully, and I'm going to reach out and contact them. April, question for you on this one too. So what do you think about like people who put these really long, elaborate case studies on their websites. So first of all, coming from the agency side, I can say these were the bane of my existence early in my career when I had to put them together. It was really awesome. Um, But aside from that, 
I just think it's really unnecessary because no matter how much detail you put into those, one, it's pretty proven that people don't read anymore, at least to the depth that those case studies really require you to. And number two, case studies at that level really require an explanation, right? You want to be able to sit there with the client and talk about what you did and answer questions and really get at what's relevant to them. You can't do any of that with a case study. You could never possibly anticipate all of the things that are going to be asked of you. So give a teaser. Give the company you work for. List a quote from the client about working with you. Maybe give a general kind of synopsis, one or two sentences of what you did, but you never have to go to the point of telling the whole story in that format. It's just not conducive to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. All right. So the fourth monumental website mistake is loving it and leaving it. Yeah, and this goes back to the initial setup that Anne gave around um, making sure that you're relevant and highly relevant, especially given COVID and the fact that people may be searching more than ever before they actually reach out and meet you in person. Um, You don't have to touch your website all the time. You don't have to touch it every week. You don't have to be in there, you know, micromanaging and saying, oh, I don't like this shade of blue or I'm not sure this image is still relevant. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is giving people a reason to come to your site or driving traffic to your site. So I already mentioned that our kind of promotion area is our blog and we try to write blogs several times a month, right? So every single time that we write a new one, we promote it on LinkedIn or our Facebook page pages or whatever the case might be, given the relevancy of the topics. And we push people back to our site. That gives them a reason to go to see new content and to really to either refamiliarize themselves with us, learn about us for the first time, or pick up some valuable information on something we're talking about. So while, again, you don't have to touch it all the time, you really do have to make sure that you're driving traffic there to get people to connect with you on a regular basis. 